Welcome to another episode of The Contact Show. Today we're talking to a singer-songwriter. She's a full-time musician, and we're going to talk about how she was able to do that. You can follow her on Instagram and Facebook at Courtney Devon Music. That's C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y-D-E-V-O-N Music. Enjoy the show. Well, my name is Courtney Devon Krebsbach, but I go by Courtney Devon for my uh, performing name. So I was born in Long Beach, California, but I actually moved to North Dakota when I was two. Uh, my parents moved for a job, and I, so I, w- I was raised in North Dakota, but I always felt like a bit of a California girl at heart. And so right away when I, right when I turned 18, I moved to Fargo, which was the, the big city in North Dakota, to pursue classical music. And uh, let me tell you, that lasted six months, <laughs> and that was like already too long. I I knew music was my calling, and I knew I loved it, but I didn't really know why, and I didn't really know what kind of music I loved. I just knew it wasn't classical music, and I wasn't an opera singer, and I wasn't happy in North Dakota. So I actually met uh, my now fiance in another band that was touring through Fargo from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, which is like two and a half hours from Fargo, but... So not very, not a very far drive, but it felt like very far away to me in a different country. It's a really big city mm-hmm. of a million people. So I dated him long distance for two years and I came up to Winnipeg and I saw how many crazy musicians live here. And they had this amazing jazz program at the, uh, the uh, college up here. So I took a tour and I transferred and I started with jazz instead of classical and that was closer, but it was still wrong, right? When I went to post-secondary school, the only reason I kind of went to music school at all was because in North Dakota, music and the arts and all the creative sides of things are so underfunded that you don't get private lessons, you don't get any of that stuff unless your mom and dad put you in lessons, and that just was never an option for my family. So I was there to learn the basics in college. So I basically, in jazz school, kind of like, got my shit together really fast and had <laughs> to, you know, learn theory really fast. And then through that, I figured out actually soul and like neo soul R and B that's where my heart lies. So I dropped out after six years of college, I dropped out to pursue my own music and I've been doing that for two and a half years now. And I got my permanent resident uh, permanent residence in Canada, which is basically one step away from citizenship. So I can live here. I can buy land here. I can work here. I just can't vote. And I'm trying to just do the music. I don't know where it will take me. I don't know where I'll end up. Who knows if it's Canada or the States. But right now I'm working as a solo artist. I'm working as the lead singer in two bands. I'm working as a session artist. I do harmonizing, arranging for artists in the studio for several producers. Um, Basically everything I can. You got to do it, right? It's the hustle. You got to do 10 different things to try to make the one thing work. You like sing, but you also know how to play instruments, right? Yeah, I play the piano. I learned in college. That was one thing that it's it's something you kind of can't go without when you're doing jazz music. So I got my ass kicked the first three years of college and learned how to play piano when I was 20. So I'm not good, but I get by. I play, they call it like writer's piano. You can play the songs you write, but you can't play for shit otherwise. And that's me for sure. Like whenever I talk to other musicians or like producers or beat makers, there's always a question, oh, should I just learn music myself or go to school? Do you think that um, going to school was was worth it, basically? 
That's a hard question to ask because I, or to answer, because I think it depends on your personality type. If you are one of those people that is constantly thinking about music, you're very driven and inspired by music. You're like always chomping at the bit to learn new things and you're a self-motivated person. You don't need school. You, everything that you can learn is out there either through Linda classes on the internet, through your peers, learning by doing I'm a huge per like I'm very kinesthetic with my learning so if I read a book about it or I like you know look at a graph about it I'm not gonna really know until I do it and so if you're like me definitely go do it because all you really need is the is the desire to learn but a lot of people that I've met in school want to go the teaching route so that's it's pretty necessary to get that degree at that point but if you're trying to be a creative person if you're trying to be a person who writes music as your job I don't think the technical aspect of things matters so much as like knowing what you like, having a good ear for catchy things. Yeah. And that, that doesn't even come with like knowing music. That just comes with having the ear for it. That comes with like surrounding yourself with music all the time. So like, honestly, I, I don't think you need school ever <laughs> unless the job that you want has a big, you know, like post-secondary degree required stipulation. If that's the case, go to school. Otherwise, just freaking dig your heels in it and get get learning because it's all there for you. It's all waiting to be learned. And like everybody, every musician I've ever met really that like ends up being a professional has that obsession, has that constant need to keep listening to music and dive into it, learn it, like recreate it, write their own version of it. And so if you have that aspect of your personality, you're already three quarters of the way there. If you're determined and you're able to, um, what's the word, uh, you know, manage your time well, yeah, exactly. And, you know, be focused, like try to learn it on your own. Yeah. And, and honestly, that kind of sometimes comes with just getting a little older too. Like I didn't used to be that way. I, I really kind of just went with the flow a lot of times until I got inspired. I think it was like when I, when I discovered like hiatus coyote, it was the first time I'd ever really heard neo soul kind of prog rock inspired. And it like, wasn't like nothing I'd ever heard in my entire life. And it actually gave me the feeling that you get when you've learned good news, like that exciting feeling in your tummy, mm. like you're so stoked. And I'd never really had that before. And now I have it every day when I discover new music. Yeah. And, and that was it. I was just waiting for the, the kind of music. I hadn't found it yet. I knew music was it for me, but I needed to dig more to find exactly what part of it. So like, that's another thing. If you're in a creative uh kind of field and you don't feel like you quite fit yet just keep trying because guarantee you you just haven't found the niche like music is enormous it's mm -hmm. it encapsulates so many different kinds of creativity so people just have to find which one is theirs yeah do you work uh full-time as a musician or like do you do that on the side and have like a job i work full-time as a musician full time what during is... covid i picked up a contract to do like media assets for podcasting actually funny enough oh, so okay. i've been a little more involved in that side but on contracts just because of covid so like before the pandemic hit i was doing music full time with no side hustle at all but like i said i had to do like session musician work i had to do live like background vocal work um mm. Both of my bands had to take pretty frequent gigs. I'm now releasing a solo project. So in the next year, I'll be taking like solo gigs as well. But that wasn't a thing for me before. So having to do all those things to make it work in one month. And you're, ne and you're never really rolling in it. <laughs> I, yeah. My stability just was, you know, I make my rent. I'm not behind. 
that's kind of my happy place. I'm not really like a super money obsessed person and you kind of can't be if you're trying to, mu to do music full time. It's just mm -hmm. something that isn't going to pay you great right away. But then you do a little more of it. You, you talk to a lot more of your peers and you start to understand what value your work actually has. And then at that point, it's when you uh, take on a manager and they get you more gigs and uh, you've got a big, large circle of people who are constantly gigging, who are looking for your talents in whatever aspect, then you can really call yourself like stable. So it's, it's hard. It's a grind at first, but it is yeah. possible for sure. So how did you get um, started doing that? Like how uh, did you start getting, you know, gigs and, and being able to make a living from it? Yeah, I was very, very forward. Um, when I went to shows, I, I, well, first of all, I made sure to go to as many shows as I could uh, and just introduce myself to people, kind of insert myself into the scene. I even, you know, I wouldn't, in hindsight, this was five and a half years ago, I maybe wouldn't have done this now, but I did it back then and I kind of pat myself on the back for it. I actually printed out flyers uh, looking for people to jam with and I hung them up on all of, like the festival bulletin boards outside of their headquarters. And I would go to, to uh, the restaurants I knew had jazz bands and I would hang them up even though I didn't ask. And I actually got a few <laughs> jams that way and like met people that way and ended up meeting the guitarist in my band um, just through trying to get people's emails, right? Like just saying, hi, I just moved here. I, I'm really looking to start a band. This is what I'm good at. Do you know anyone? anyone? So that's, it worked for me. It really did. But I think that's part of it too, is, is being open enough to go up and shake that person's hand and not feel strange about it. Like I consider myself a pretty charismatic person. Like I'm not an intimidating person. I, I'm very like bubbly and warm. And so I know that when I go up to somebody, I don't freak anybody out. So it's a little easier for me, but it's just part of a, yeah, an unnecessary or an unfortunate kind of uh, fact that you're going to have to make yourself kind of uncomfortable at first because you need to meet those people. And I can confidently say that the people that I met doing that became not only the musicians that I work with all the time, but they're now my closest friends. And that's really, if you've got like your best friends are also your coworkers and also your fellow music makers, you've kind of won at that point. It's really easy to make music with people who you vibe with and like your personalities are similar and you know, you got the same goals. So I just think going to the music hubs, learning where the music hubs in your city are, where do they have, you know, Friday night jams, where do they have all the, like the, concerts that aren't the bigger touring bands the local bands that are just on the cusp of getting big go find those people make friends with them talk to them pick their brains um yeah it's it's all about inserting yourself into the scene <laughs> yeah networking yeah networking yeah i always like to listen to um you know interviews and stuff of like musicians recording artists music producers beat makers and something that I always hear, hear them say a lot is that, you know, working in the music industry, you need to have a lot of patience. What has helped you to have that patience? It is a, it's a struggle. It's a bit of a roller coaster. I remind myself that quantizing success is always just a bad idea. Even if you have millions of streams on Spotify, caring most about that is going to just set you up for so much failure, <laughs> trying to focus on, you know, really making sure that the stuff that you put out represents you at your best and being proud of your work and knowing that it might be one 
move away from being at where you want it to be. It's just, you know, you're looking for the right ears to find it. And it's not always going to find it, even if the music is out for years. Like Lizzo, Juice was out, what, two years before it actually went number one? She was huge in Minneapolis before she was worldwide famous. And, you know, she talks often about how she had like negative $30 in her bank account, sleeping in her car, doing gigs three times a week because she loved what she was doing and she fucking believed in it and she never mm-hmm. stopped. And that's, that's where, that's, that's what it comes down to. If you believe in what you are doing and you know that there's a space in the music industry for you and you know, you're doing something unique and you're being yourself and you really work hard and you make sure music is your priority. Don't care about the other stuff. The other stuff will come if you're working hard. And that's like, if you have to keep checking yourself being like, yo, did I go to enough shows this month? Did I, you know, did I send enough emails? Did I make enough beats? Did I write enough lyrics this month? Just make sure that you're, you know, being honest with yourself. Keep your ego out of it. Always keep your ego out of it. Your e- like the music, the art, the people, they don't give a shit if your, you know, ego is bruised by whether or not they listen to your music. So eliminate it from the equation so that you can stay honest with yourself and continue to get better. The musicians I see crash and burn are because they have these wildly unrealistic expectations, not only for their music, but for their own talent. And they care more about the way they come across more than they care about the, the art that they're sharing and like the work that they do. And that that's just a recipe for failure. But also people that are listening to your music can see right through that. They can hear right through that. If you're lying to them, they know. So I just think it's important to do the tunnel vision on being your best self as an artist. And as long as you're working hard, the other stuff will come. Yeah, it might take five years. Like I've been at this now for two and a half years and I have one song that has five digits on streaming, you know, like, but I do not care at all. I know that the more that I do the work, the better I'm getting. I can hear it in my music. The harder I work, the better it gets, the closer to my best, like, like my magnum opus, as dumb as that sounds. I know I'm getting there because I'm doing the work. And that's all that matters. And I, you know what, being from like someone that lives in the Midwest, I see it all the time with fellow artists. As soon as they either graduate or they gain like some marginal amount of traction, I, the first thing they say is, I'm moving to L.A., and I just think mm. to myself, you're not ready. Yeah. Not, it, just because you move to LA, just because you live in California does not mean you're, you know, that doesn't make you relevant. You still have to be good. And guess what? Everybody that's out in LA is working their asses off and you're going to fall into the anonymity of all the musicians in LA. Be the best musician you can be in the Midwest and gain your following there and only move if you have things in place for you. If you have work waiting for you in LA, if you have management, a label, whatever, by all means, get your ass out to LA. But until that happens, stay put. You're just setting yourself up for failure because the cost of living here is probably a third of it there. And so you have the time here to have a part-time job and work on your music and have the time to put in. But when you move to LA and your rent is all of a sudden $1,200 a month, and you're working oh, it's, it's more than that oh yeah yeah <laughs> i don't even for one person it's probably 1200 yeah. uh i remember here. i was renting a room in this is not even uh well i mean san jose is kind of like almost as expensive as la but a room to rent was three thirteen hundred dollars yeah 
and that's it. That's just it. Like all of a sudden you're waiting tables like every single night to pay your bills and you don't have time to work on your shit anymore. And Mm -hmm. so, so what if you're in LA, you know, you're not doing what you love. So yeah, don't move unless you have something waiting for you. Yeah. I hear, you know, sometimes people are like, Oh, I need a manager. Once I get a manager, you know, my music will take off, Mm. but then they have like two songs. So like, what, what is there to manage? You know, you have two songs. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> to manage. Yeah. It can be frustrating. Just the, the, uh, kind of like the mental circles people do in their heads to justify just wanting to do something and not put in the work. <laughs> you know, most people are just focused on the end goal mm-hmm. of like, Oh, hitting success, you know, being famous or whatever. I think it's important to enjoy the journey on there because, you know, when you, when you reach your goal, really, you're going to be reminiscing about the journey that you were on. Like, and really that's like the fun part. You Mm -hmm. know, have you ever taken like uh, road trips where you had more fun actually driving there than at the place that you went to go visit? hundred percent. I think the same thing is with like, your career in the music industry. The whole come up is what's, what's fun. That's what creates the memories. That's what's, I think to myself all the time, when I do have the success that, you know, I'm working towards, I'm going to be looking back and reminiscing about right now. Absolutely. You know, about like when I decided to start doing music and moving back with my parents, living off unemployment to get started working on music. Yeah. And staying up until 5 a.m. working on music and then go, going to get some freshly baked donuts at five, you know, at the break of dawn afterwards, mm. you know, freaking driving 40 minutes to drive my wife to work so that she could do her makeup in the car. So you should have to wake up an hour earlier and then working out of the coffee shop, making beats on my laptop. Yeah. You know, those are like the moments, you know, those, the the come up is what's going to shape us for our our whole lives. Not what comes after. I think if you don't have the love for music, it, it feels like a chore. Yes. You know, when you're doing something that you don't love. There's nothing feels better though, to see your hard work pay off in real time. Like nothing feels better than to smile after, you know, a long day of you you wrote three whole songs, then you had a gig after, and you were so tired. But it was all stuff that you've been waiting to do since you were 16 in your bedroom singing in the mirror. And mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to feel upset after that. Or even yeah. like comments from like your fans. Yeah. That makes my day every single time I see, you know, a comment that's like, you know, your music is great. You know, I'd have people commenting like, man, why, why hasn't your YouTube channel blown up? Like people can make billboard hits off of your music. It makes me keep going. Keeps me from like not giving up. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause it is hard. Like literally doing music, literally the hardest thing I've ever done. Hell yeah. <laughs> I've learned how to do graphic design. I built my uh, successful business doing graphic design. Um, I learned photography. I learned video editing. Music is by far the hardest. Mm. Like it's damn near like rocket science. Yeah. There's no real rules. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, not just like, okay, so one, you have to learn music, right? Music theory and know how to make music and then, you know, the arrangement and everything. But then also... You need to know about music law. 
yeah. and how the music business works. In the beginning, that was like, I hated trying to like learn about that because I was like, I think like most musicians, you just want to make music. Like you don't want to care about like paperwork, about laws, about business. But like nowadays you have to know those things. Mm-hmm. There's a book. I'm pretty sure like mostly everybody in the music industry knows it. It's um, everything you need to know about the music industry. Yep. Oh yeah. We, we actually um, read that book when I was at, in college in North Dakota. It was, there's, there are music, uh, like a intro to music lock courses you can take in post-secondary. And that was maybe something I would say was very beneficial for me learning in college. Mm. But uh, that book was what we studied and you can buy it at Barnes and Noble. So yeah. <laughs> go pick it up. Yeah. Like a lot of people, especially producers don't know that when they work on a song with like another recording artist, they own half of the song. But when you sign a record label, you'll get three points, which really means 3%. They just change the word to points. So it doesn't seem like percent. Yep. So imagine that getting 3%. It's cold. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, I think it's important, like, if you're a musician to educate yourself about the laws, about how you know, everything works. And obviously, you know, if you're starting off and you don't have that much to use as leverage, if you sign with the, with the record company, you're going to probably get a crappier deal because you don't have leverage. They're going to take advantage of the fact that you're chomping at the bit and they will give you the least amount possible. (laughs) As long as people remember that companies come and go, but talent is really what stays. You can't get rid. Somebody is always going to have that talent. So we're the ones truly with the leverage, but you have to actually mm-hmm. have, you know, brought that all to life in the best way possible for you to have it. So really in the grand swing of things, unless you're in the best possible position that you could be, which let's be honest, if you don't have a record label, it might not be the case then you probably should get a couple lawyers to read the contract and you should probably wait until, you know, you have a song on SoundCloud that does really well. Your socials are popping off or your mm-hmm. some, some straight, some song gets on a playlist on Spotify and gets like tons of streams. But before then, like there's no real reason for them to sign you unless they truly believe you're the next big, big, big thing, which would probably happen organically on its own if that were the yeah. truth anyway. So yeah, you got to be careful. What are, where do you see yourself in in like 5 years? I really I don't have I have specific goals, but I'm a very level-headed person and I know just because I have the talent, just because I have the vision doesn't mean it will always come to what I think it will. So all I can say is in 5 years, I know I will be still doing mu- music professionally. I know I will be stable and I know I'll still be creating my best, most badass music. So wherever that might end up bringing me, whether it be Vancouver, Toronto, LA, back home, whatever, I know that I'll still be killing it. I'll still be working hard. I'll still be being my truest self, like with the drive, the motivation. So I just, I hope that it, that I get the, you know, combination of opportunities to see my highest goals come to life. But regardless of whether that or not that happens, I really just, at the end of the day, want to pay my bills with my music. I want to raise a family being a musician. I want to buy a house with my music. 
that's my, you know, I'd, I don't necessarily care about being an A-lister performing at the freaking Grammys or whatever. I don't, that would be the icing on the cake. My ultimate goal is to just be a stable member of society with my creativity, paying my bills. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. I, I basically just want to be able to make a living from music. Yeah, exactly. So like with, you know, the whole situation, artists can't really tour right now. Mm-hmm. Um, have, have you been able to adapt to that? It's been so hard. Um, luckily for me, I'm in Canada. I thank all the powers that be that I'm here because there's a Canada emergency response benefit for self-employed individuals that provides us with um, two grand a month for everybody that was self-employed before COVID. And I think it's a year long program. So that really, really helps everybody that I know and myself included monetarily. Uh, So I, I feel extremely privileged to be here because if I were in the States right now, I'd either have moved in back home by now or I would have had to get some job, some essential worker job that would have put me right in the, in the thick of it. And so I'm grateful for that every day. But it's also, you know, on the mental side of things, I had a tour to the United Kingdom fall through. I had a tour of Western Canada that I never, places I'd never been fall through. Um, some of my, the biggest gigs yet on my life were going to be this year. And I was, I had, it was the first year that I had a, uh, you know, each month was planned. I was booked to December. I knew all my bills were covered and I felt stable. And that, you know, that was one step to my ultimate goal. And then everything was like pulling a rug from beneath my feet. So monetarily, I have been okay. You know, I'm not rich, but I'm surviving because the government of Canada has got my back. But mentally, it's been really fucking difficult trying to adjust to that. But I am just grateful that I have my music and I have my fiance when things were shut down. I wasn't alone, which was really awesome. But I feel for every single person that was alone during that time, that must have sucked so bad. And I just hope that everybody, you know, I don't know, got a little more stuff done in that time creatively and learned a little more about themselves. Because that's kind of how I've tried to do it. I, I, last year, I gigged three or four times a week, every week, festival season, I was exhausted. I had bronchitis by the end of it. And I thought to myself, God, I would just kill for some writing time right now. And I was more of like a, I guess it was a monkey's paw kind of situation because I got my writing time, just not exactly how I hoped I would. (laughs) But so I'm just trying to stay grateful. You know, overall, I'm a lucky person. I have a roof over my head. I eat every day. I'm healthy. I have loved ones. So it sucks that my plans didn't come through, but you know what? Every person, every musician in the world is in the same boat. So we just, we're all in this together. We're, we will all figure this out. We just have to make sure that we stay steadfast in what we deserve. We can't compromise. Uh, a lot of gigs in Winnipeg have been unpaid since things opened back up because small businesses have been struggling. And, you know, we feel that on one level, but on another level, we're human beings with services that you don't call a plumber and say, hey, times are hard. Can you come fix my drain for free? So we got to also just say, you know, we're worth something. We deserve something. Can the government step up? Can, you know, what organizations can step up to make sure that the people in the arts feel valued? Uh, Yeah, we got to We got to band together and demand what we deserve. All right. Well, Courtney, it was good talking to you. Yeah, you too. Um, Thanks for having me. You definitely are really bubbly and energetic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was it was oozing through the headphones. 
Yeah, everybody always comments on, they're like, God damn, girl, you talk fast. <laughs> I'm like, I know. And I honestly think to myself, slow down. So if I really had let her loose, it would have been like 20 words a second or something. But, <laughs> but I'm sure like after, you know, all this passes, I already know that you're going to have even bigger gigs and every year you're going to have bigger and bigger gigs. I hope so. I, I, you know, I believe that too. I, <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, we'll wrap this up here. Uh, thank you for, you know, coming on, doing the podcast. Yeah, thank you. I really enjoyed talking to you.